0: in the wilderness podcast from st mark's in salt lake i'm holly i'm tyler and today we're sitting down to look at the readings for this coming sunday the third sunday in lent when we are prayerfully reading through these passages of holy scripture and teasing out uh, phrases images the lines that strike us uh, Today, in the manner of Lexio Divina, uh, approaching Scripture not just as an ancient text, but a living word that is contemporary in us, in our lives, in our context today. So, we'll start with our collect for Holy Scripture and then the collect for this coming Sunday. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body, and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever.
1: Amen. God knows we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves, but do we? Do we know that? (laughs) That's the question. And... uh, all evidence would point to the contrary uh, in terms of um, the culture of self-reliance and self-improvement that um, really holds sway in, um, well, I could say North America, but, but whatever. <laughs> uh, And the thing that we don't often talk about is that um, self-improvement and self-reliance uh, is also quite an industry. Uh, it's uh, People make a lot of money telling you how you can improve yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, diet plans, exercise plans, how to sort through your garage. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just really every corner of the... Of Human experience uh, has been uh, commodified, and as a result, uh, subject to um, ways that you can make it better all by yourself. And I, I don't deny that uh, you know Marie Kondo might help you if you've got too many pairs of socks or something. Um, but if that's the way we approach uh, everything in our life, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and relying on our own efforts. Um, That quickly becomes a a rather dry well to which we trudge to look forward to the gospel a little Mm -hmm. bit Um, and so it's really a call to um, uh, be sourced and uh, resourced from a a, a different place which is of course you know in the new song God is singing in Christ um, rooting and grounding ourselves in Jesus so that something other than our own efforts uh, begins to uh, be what boys us up, you know, mm-hmm. B-O-U, B-U-O-Y, B-U, whatever. Yes. Boy, buoy. Bowie, In That yes, we sure. say buoy. <sighs> Buies us up.
0: When we've said it before, and we'll say it again, but I think important to watch for the ironic ways uh, that we take up projects of self-improvement and self-reliance for Lent! It <laughs> has Lenten practices, we think. Uh, but the, the spirit of the season actually is uh, to learn and live from uh, the knowledge that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves, and that's okay. God will help us. There is something else that's uh, Reliance on God that, uh, is to be learned in the Lenten wilderness. Yeah.
1: And it's, it, it's the great, uh, well, powerlessness is the doorway to grace, right?
0: The way uh, we access it.
1: Yeah. And that's what everybody in a 12 step program knows um, and the healing and um, transformation that takes place in those humble nondescript but radiant gatherings uh, all stems from uh, seeing the dead end of self-reliance and self-improvement and uh, opening to uh, you know power greater than ourselves. That's, that's, that's right. Um, I mean, I guess we say it. i said it before, but the this is what last, least, lost, left behind, dead poor, little, what other?
0: All the beatitude words. Yeah.
1: Meek, pure in heart, Uh poor in spirit. All of those are pointing to um, a movement from
0: Mm.
1: radical independence to dependence on God. Uh, And that's like the whole journey is uh, from uh, encapsulated, isolated uh, reliance on self to Mm -hmm. something
0: else. Sometimes it takes time in the desert for us to learn that when all of our own working Mm -hmm. (laughs) goes dry, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, To learn that God can provide for us in those places of having no power in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Water from the rock.
1: There is that.
0: every morning. Yes. Let's read Exodus.
1: Speaking of water from the rock.
0: Indeed. Sorry, this is so awesome. From the wilderness of sin. That's really that's really the proper noun we have here. It's, from, a,
1: it's a place name though. It's exactly. Not, it's not a descriptor.
0: But it, yes, it's capitalized. Yes. That's, <laughs> it's wild. Wonderful okay. coincidence. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt, to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people, and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah. Because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. I mean, so one of the things that's interesting to tease out is um, quarreling and testing Mm -hmm. the Lord. asking the questions is the lord among us or not these are not um signs of unfaithfulness but actually part of a just a lively no holds barred nothing held back kind of honest um, relationship with god so even if um they're speaking out of kind of their delusion or something their ignorance uh the thing to, the first thing to notice is is their willingness just to lay it out mm-hmm. with God, right? And to um, we were talking last night, right? Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. In the
0: that formation, the
1: Lenten mm-hmm. series about just prayer as sort of a, an honest, just as we are encounter, which can include quarreling mm-hmm. and testing the Lord and asking. the in fact, that that that's encouraged. Mm-hmm. But we think uh, often of prayer probably because f- for a lot of people, the primary experience of prayer is what's said in church on a Sunday. Uh, it's printed in a bulletin. It's read by somebody into a microphone. They're dressed nicely and they have a lovely voice and. It doesn't often include quarreling or testing or cuss words even Mm -hmm. Uh, and um, that that's a different kind of prayer and that that is equally beloved in God's sight but um, it can give us kind of a false picture uh, that we're supposed to talk a certain way be a certain way feel a certain way Mm -hmm. when in fact uh, relationship with God is actually the place the only place in in our lives where we're allowed to be who we are how we are exactly as we are and find ourselves loved there as that Mm -hmm. every other encounter um every people are pulling for some kind of Mm -hmm. response role reaction
0: subtle or not so subtle conditions constantly uh uh-huh yeah dragging on us yeah yeah
1: so, you've got like those little sort of guide wires, like pu- strings on a puppet. And We're all
0: playing each other. Yeah. Just a little bit. Or yeah. a lot.
1: <laughs> or a lot. But um, this is the place where you, you get to, um, yeah, just let it all hang out, mm-hmm. you know? And that's all humility mm-hmm. is actually hummus, ground, mm-hmm. the earth. It's an earthy, groundedness in our experience uh, physical, spiritual, psychological, Mm -hmm. uh, recognized, named, and offered up just as it is Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what humility is like here's what you
0: are without pretense yeah
1: here I am God like this is yeah I'm pretty wound up so (laughs) or whatever yeah you know yeah what do you hear? There's the whole water from the rock connection,
0: obviously.
1: With mm-hmm. the Samaritan woman.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking about the, the distinction between quarreling with Moses and quarreling with God. Mm-hmm. I think we quarrel with, with our Moseses because we think we're not supposed to quarrel with God. Um, it's the way that we're violent toward each other and also kind of displace and disown um, the reality that God wants to know us and love us and be in relationship with us, mm-hmm. not just Moses. Um, so if there's any problem here with the quarreling or complaining, I think it's...
1: Misdirected. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's not offered directly to God. Uh-huh. Uh, and it does take trust. Uh, is the Lord among us or not? Yeah. It takes trust that the Lord is among us whether or not we are complaining or quarreling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. to be able to be that honest and self-bearing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and... um No, that's good because, yeah, we... Well, they do this all the time to poor Moses.
0: They
1: do, and uh, we do it all the time to the Moseses in our lives. Uh, but the, uh, this is actually the least of it. Uh, you know, they they get a little testy, um, but you know, in the various, especially like in the Book of Numbers, there's there's like literally like a hair's breadth away from. A, a lynch mob. So outraged are they that they've come out into this wilderness, and it's not noth- nothing. is appearing uh, to them uh, as this is God's sustenance. Even though they're being fed with manna, quail, and this water, uh, they're still sort of living from this fear, scarcity, and lack. And um, instead of being angry at God, they decide. Uh, well, let's just murder Moses, which is that's another thing we do, right? We we uh, put all of our uh, anger, resentment, mm-hmm. broken hopes, all that, into some uh, cast out, excluded other other whom uh, we then punish, punish or kill. Um, because we can't actually uh, bear to be with uh, those feelings in ourselves mm-hmm. and to take those feelings to God. That's the scapegoating impulse that the mm-hmm. problem's always out there mm-hmm. and if there's one like little shorthand of a lot of Jesus wisdom sayings is like where's the problem, right? Very rarely is the problem just out there.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: uh, this this basic human condition of um, having a timbered vision
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and stony hearts is uh, that's that's what it means to be a human being, right? mm-hmm. uh, and when. It takes some time for us to like actually recognize. It, it, sometimes sometimes we don't recognize it, and people die without ever having recognized it. Yeah. Angry, resentful, and pointing the finger at everybody else. That happens all the time. Uh, if we do recognize that we do indeed have tempered vision and a stony heart, uh, that actually becomes a means of great grace in our mm-hmm. life. Right? we recognize our powerlessness the staff of christ cracks open the stony heart Mm -hmm. and we find ourselves irrigated from within Mm -hmm. and um over time less likely to want to call a lynch mob for the moses in our life and that that could easily just mean like not calling somebody for 10 years Mm -hmm. or ignoring them at coffee hour or uh, not shaking their hand at the peace, or you know, all all the very subtle yeah. casting little, like, outs casting outs that we engage in all the time that don't necessarily take the explicit form of a, a lynch mob, mm-hmm. uh, but are the the same in principle.
0: Yeah, yeah, still a manifestation of our own disowned hurt. Yes, yes, we can't look at. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Kneel before the Lord our Maker.
0: For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice.
1: Harden not your hearts as your forebearers did in the wilderness at Meribah and on that day at Massah when they tempted me.
0: They put me to the test, though they had seen my works.
1: Forty years long I detested that generation and said, this people are wayward in their hearts. They do not know my ways.
0: So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest.
1: You know the Psalm ninety-five. Um, oh, that today you he would hearken to his voice. That's the opening of the the Rule of Saint Benedict, mm. right? So it's mm-hmm. the, that line is. It's a, I think in Utah, especially, obedience gets kind of a bad rap. You know? Obedient means just doing as yeah. you're told, um, but in the in another sense, like in the monastic sense, uh, it means kind of an open, attentive, uh, receptive listening to um, the movements of the, the spirit in our in our heart and within and among people, mm-hmm. and uh, listening to something other than these uh, sort of stale commentaries about self, other, world, and God that. Um, Characterize much of our waking existence. Do you know?
0: Constantly. Yeah. On the hamster wheel. Yeah. Same squeaky stories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Over and over, and so listening to God's voice like can actually begin with recognizing the voices in your own head. Martin Laird calls it the cocktail party of the mind. Yeah. And and so no, well, there's that voice. There's it embarrassingly uh, unoriginal and very boring if you spend any time with your uh-huh. own mind uh, the, the level of repetition and the uh, <clears throat> sort of captivity to a handful of well-trodden themes is uh, what characterizes us most thought most of the time and recognizing yeah. that it actually opens us to hearing the voice of something else. Mm-hmm. You recognize the old story, the old voices, collection of voices, and in that very recognition actually is the beginning of an openness to hear something else. Mm-hmm. You know. um. Shall not enter into my rest. Mm-hmm. Is that God preventing them from entering into his rest or is there something that they're doing that's preventing them to, to, from experiencing rest or entering into the, the land of rest? I
0: think if we keep the stony heart, yeah. there's just an imperviousness <sighs> to us uh, when, when we're run, when we're driven by the uninterrupted, there's no space, mm-hmm. uh, these constant stories. Um, imposed onto everything we experience Mm -hmm. and yeah it's not restful Mm -hmm. Uh, rest (laughs) requires some stillness Mm -hmm. the rest is always there
1: yeah, and, and coming before His presence uh, mm. with Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, this is a, a psalm of Thanksgiving, but you can you can come in. Let us come before His presence with whatever you got. Sure, that's kind of the whole point. Um, yeah, and that's that's the one danger, is that like the psalms are liturgical texts, right? Used for particular. Yeah, things in the worship of the liturgy and the Psalms as a whole show us the very important thing that we can come just as we are, however we're feeling, even if it means telling God that God needs to wipe out the children, grandchildren, great, sure. great grandchildren of our enemy, like whoever yeah. our enemies for that moment that day, you know,
0: yeah. anger, desire for revenge, <laughs> lamentation, dereliction, it's all Praise, in the thanksgiving yeah. and so that
1: taken as a whole. The Psalms really show us to come as you are. So you have to just remember that big, mm-hmm. broad framing of come mm-hmm. as you are and our, our rich and varied emotional life and yeah. being, being honored yeah. as prayer in the Psalms. And then th- this is one instance. It's not just saying, whenever you come, make sure you're coming with Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> in fact, what you're describing is the fuller, truer understanding of gratitude which is not about circumstance. It's not, we're thankful for nice things. Yeah. <laughs> Gratitude, it's a response to grace. It's the same root word, right? Yeah. And it's, it's receiving what is given. Yeah. And so you can praise and give thanksgiving yeah. in lamentation, in anger. Those right. are not incompatible. Those are offering up. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Eucharist shows us that. Eucharist meaning thanksgiving. Absolutely everything can be brought to the altar and offered up and it's blessed and given back to us as just as broken as it is.
1: But also touched to and transfigured. hmm. The
0: gifts lifted. Yeah, like given back. Yeah. Yeah. The brokenness in no way precludes being blessed and yeah. given to us so we can yeah. actually receive our life. Yeah. Probably for the first time.
1: Yeah, okay. Do Romans here? Is it?
0: Yeah. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. So the this is part of that one of those themes in Romans where Paul has that wonderful sort of litany of just different characters through throughout Scripture who, by grace, by grace, by grace, by
0: faith.
1: I'm sorry, by faith, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. Which is very linked to grace, (laughs) for Paul. Becoming (laughs) became Mm -hmm. Martin Luther there for a second. Sorry.
0: No, that's right.
1: But. God's work, not our work, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but then also this, like, kind of like just as you are picture um, is is coming back up again um, mm-hmm. because uh, it's not once you are are perfect and get your ducks in a row that then uh, God's grace mm-hmm. comes to you. It's 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 while we are sinners.
0: Mm-hmm. this is a while we are still weak,
1: while we were still weak,
0: while we were enemies
1: <laughs> okay. uh, that we are reconciled through the death of Jesus, right mm-hmm. and so there's this um, kind of like underground stream, if you will here that that keeps on trying to remind us this has Nothing to do with uh, making ourselves um, pleasing mm-hmm. in God's sight. Uh, uh, in fact, the quicker we drop that whole project and uh, present ourselves uh, as we are, the more quickly we will uh, realize what, sort of what, what, what kind of a dead end that whole project mm-hmm. is, right?
0: Yeah, dropping that I can enter into the rest.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, sort of te- like a, I think it's called s- sorites, staircase steps mm-hmm. that Paul uses here. Uh, not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. It's a step, and endurance produces character. Step. Character produces hope, steps, hopes, not disappointed. step, right? Because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given mm-hmm. to us. So, even when we uh, experience like a, a adversity, we find ourselves in some wilderness of sin or, or whatever, or a, a dry well of self-improvement. Uh, the love of god is present active working uh, through the holy spirit uh in our hearts Uh, and that uh, just as uh, god can use this horrible instrument of 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 torture and death to work salvation uh, for the cosmos through jesus (laughs) um he so we can use um the daily sufferings of of our lives to um, fashion in us something uh, a little bit more uh, like the mind of Christ right? which we're called Mm -hmm. to sort of put on Mm -hmm. to embody uh, in (laughs) this very life.
0: Tell me about the staircase thing. I'm I'm hearing (laughs) I'm talking about this whole Jane, this does that, and then that does this, and there's a way that, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that's been given to us, sort mm-hmm. of undoes it all, or undoes the illusion of of steps as as progress or as some
1: as it's, another
0: self-improvement project. It's not
1: a right? staircase from one place to another. It's I think it's much more like a I think it's more like a Möbius strip or something like that. Um, that when, when our sufferings are held in the tender mercy of God, right, the dawn from on high that breaks mm. upon us, all that, when we can approach uh, the difficulties in our life with that same kind of tenderness with which God holds them, um, there actually is this thing called redemptive suffering.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right now that's kind of like an illegal to say that in terms Mm -hmm. of liberal Protestantism Mm -hmm. but uh, it is true that um, when we open to the love of God the healing and the grace of God uh, difficult not while we're going through it most of the time most, if you say, oh this is great, thank you for the gift of this whatever, Mm. you're probably just splitting off and dissociating from the experience. But in retrospect, uh, this has been true in my life a number of times, uh, that the thing that was most difficult, hardest to get through, even a threat Mm -hmm. to my life, (laughs) becomes actually a source of the greatest grace Mm -hmm. so the uh, out of that wound if Mm -hmm. you want to do that out of that wound comes the the healing waters of Mm -hmm.
0: of love right Um, and that's just true it's just true and it's good news because we are (laughs) all suffering so don't tell me God can't use that no. That I'm alone in it. That there's no hope yeah. there. Like yeah. right, it yeah. has God. Of course, God can save us in our sufferings. And if if that's off the table, I'm out. Like that's the whole for real. The yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, the whole point is God. Is God yes. with us or not? Yeah. And in this wilderness of sin. Yeah. Whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, He is present, active, hmm. working, springing out of an apparently. Hard rock to yeah. uh, water our parched lips. Um,
0: it but is true that God loves us and wills our flourishing, right? Yes, God does not <laughs> want us to languish in suffering, or uh, and to... doesn't inflict it on us capriciously. It's yeah. important to know that. That's how we can trust that God is with us. <laughs> but but and I guess it also means
1: that you don't willingly go out like. Putting on hair shirts, sure, or you know, inflicting unnecessary suffering upon yourself, as if that were the route to redemption, redemption right. of love.
0: Though. A self-hating asceticism. Take up your cross, that's... lose your life. No, that's yes. <laughs> Jesus goes to the cross, despising the shame of it, right. not seeking to be the one who suffers the most, right. but just because he loves us, right, and will go to the ends of the earth. Yes. Won't leave us alone in anything that we suffer, even death. I think the other reason why people don't like redemptive suffering is they think
1: that... uh, Yeah, you know, and I've I've actually heard people say that here. uh, Some quip about, oh, the poor will always be with us. So... If you if you think of redemptive, well somehow in their suffering, if we just you know let them suffer enough, Ooh. they're gonna sure. learn what they need to learn, and then you know, like that's that's
0: so people can use redemptive suffering as a justification for injustice and really the sufferings of other people.
1: Well, and like the, for the maintenance of the status quo and what is a structurally unequal. Right Uh, and uh, systemically racist cultural setting. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? That's like I've I've heard people object on those grounds, and I I I get that point for sure. I mean, I get I get that those those sufferings are real, but that's not what redemptive suffering means. It's not just a, a way of stepping over Lazarus outside your gate.
0: Right. just insisting that God is still with us yeah. and can work even what we human beings intend for evil <laughs> for our good yeah
1: we're going to have to pause alright we'll take <laughs> then, a break Yeah.
0: then come back for the gospel alright and we're back to talk about the gospel this is from 4th chapter of John Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sitcher, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to drink, to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with the woman, but no one said, What do you want? Or, Why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you, see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. So good. It is. So much. It might be our longest regular Sunday Gospel. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> I remember in, um, I don't know, this, 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 uh, gospel encounters had a fairly central role in in my life and i remember for i don't know maybe like a year and a half two years in seminary at um weekday mass you know you go receive and then you go back and and you're sitting in your chair or on your kneeler or whatever and the the only thing i prayed after receiving communion uh was to teach me how to worship in spirit and in truth mm. like sort of like disciples like teach me to pray
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, teach me to pray to know you in such a way that that uh, those waters gushing up to eternal life um, become the um, ground from which I live uh, and that I might uh, be able to um, live from that um, regardless of circumstance so not in jerusalem not on at jacob's well but always and everywhere Mm -hmm. Um, but there's like even on on an apparently like well like a, a more simple level like there there can also be just the recognition of the humanity of jesus especially in John's Gospel where the, the dig is that he sort of glides across the he's six feet over six, six inches over the ground you know mm-hmm. the whole thing and, uh, which isn't really true either but you know cuz he, he weeps at the tomb mm-hmm. and all this but this is one of those instances where the kind of like uh, lofty all-knowing uh, discourse prone Jesus of John's Gospel Uh, Is revealed in his utter humanity. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's thirsty. You know, if he becomes like us in every aspect in order to draw us home to the Father, then it's important for us to sort of just remember that uh, everything that we experience, Jesus himself experienced, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So the
1: thirst. And that's paired like a little bit later with the. Uh, so he's, he's he's thirsty. He asks the Samaritan woman for a drink, mm-hmm. and then the, the the disciples are like, yeah hey, you gotta eat something, Rabbi." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I have food that you don't know about." <laughs> so he's, but you see yeah. both at the same time, right? Yeah. It's the utter humanity. He's tired, he's sitting down by the well, and uh, asks for a drink. And then when. And then, almost in the same breath, not really because Mm -hmm. when Jesus talks in John, it takes a lot of breaths, but almost in the same breath, uh, he sort of comes from that other perspective that Mm -hmm. I have food that you don't know about. That Mm -hmm. means that even when I'm hungry, I'm not hungry in the ultimate sense or something.
0: image of the spring of water gushing up to eternal life in the heart of every person yes. yeah. it's so good that's everything <laughs> It's central it come back to it over and over and over
1: I was trying to find the Greek for gushing and, but I, I ran out of time. This sense of the overflowing abundance mm-hmm. of god
0: well, it's not our effort. Burbles up by itself. Comes up by itself. Doesn't run out enough to quench our thirst and give away to others.
1: Yeah, and the amazing thing, right, is that she sets that water jug down and goes to the very people who tol- told her the story that she's come to take in as the uh, last and final truth about herself that she's a something or other with five previous husbands and not even married to this one uh, there she goes again right? so she's mm-hmm. come to take that story that other peoples tell about her as the truth and the encounter with Jesus, the encounter with the, the waters gushing up to eternal life in the in the well of the heart uh, undoes that story and she knows herself as uh, first and foremost as beloved the thing that's not said is like it's told me everything I ever did and then what's not said is Anne still loves me. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so that all comes undone. She so puts the bucket down and goes somehow as the uh, carrier of that living water to the very people who cast her out, shamed her, and excluded her. I mean, it's a, it's a profound uh, individual conversion, mm-hmm. but it's also a, a beautiful picture of the entire path of discipleship from mm-hmm. shamed outsider to included. Surprised, included person on the inside of life of God, mm-hmm. who then goes out to draw mm-hmm. people back, and, and you know she says, "Come and see." Which is the very. This is the fourth chapter. So in the first chapter, mm-hmm. with John the Baptist's disciples, that's what it is. Come, Come where and see. are you staying? Come and see. Yeah. So she.
0: She's the first evangelist in John, right? She yeah. Goes out in this. Uh, overflowing spirit of generosity and forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, not you uh, know pious or willed way, just naturally flowing out from what she received in being loved unconditionally. Yeah, to say come and see, there's a different
1: way. there's a different way to do this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, it's worth I think probably reflecting on. This line: uh, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, because um, this is kind of pointing to those those things that appear to quench our thirst, but actually only uh, make us more thirsty. Sort of like um, like drinking salt water. Mm-hmm. Very much a fan of uh, Robert Louis Stevenson as a child and um, I heard tell of such things and so you know, I, I tried drinking salt water and it's true it does make you very <laughs> thirsty you know I wanted to see if that was true and it, it is but where do we do that in our lives like what what uh, are we what water are we drinking from other than the water gushing up to eternal life the life of Christ in us. Uh, what water are we drinking from that um, really just makes us uh, more thirsty? Mm-hmm.
0: Doesn't satisfy. Mm-hmm. End up in the same rut of the same story, still trying to convince your nasty neighbors that you're not so bad after all. Doesn't work.
1: Yeah, you know, or actually, well, you know, three of those husbands died. Right. or whatever, you know. um,
0: Chasing after
1: what people think of you. That's one well we go to, Mm -hmm. right? Affection and esteem. Overweening desires for security uh, and safety. Not to say Maslow's needs and all that aren't met, but if safety becomes our number one preoccupation, it can become incredibly Mm -hmm. um, uh, hindering
0: Mm -hmm. to... And safety and security usually looks like control, (laughs) right? (laughs) Just trying to live in the known Mm -hmm. or having things according to our preferences or what's predictable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that also does not satisfy. It doesn't make us feel safe.
1: No, it makes you uh, paranoid and cramped and ever
0: more controlling.
1: Yes. It's why I kind of joke, but kind of not joke, like the two words you hear most often in Episcopal Church are always and never. <laughs> Whenever you hear the words always and never, those are indications of uh, drinking from some well that has to do with control, predictability, mm-hmm. security, and some form, from some illusionary, mm-hmm. illus- illusory uh, safety mm-hmm. that we think that that never done it that way we've always done it this way Well, what, what really is at stake? I mean that there's a threat actually to yeah. um, this new newness and like freshness and the, unknown. the unknown the new yeah. song uh, and so yeah. it's worth reflecting on like what's the water we? what's the well we go to, to drink from time and again that makes us thirsty and to like um, feel in ourselves the resistance to doing it in a different way that might actually be the doorway to uh, freedom.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. That was the line that most struck me mm-hmm. across this page and a half of <laughs> well. The version I have, the translation in my head, give me this water always, yes. as the prayer. <laughs> uh, even when I resist it, uh, when I'm afraid of having my own uh, mechanisms for pursuing yeah. safety, happiness, whatever. Upset, give me the water that actually satisfies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah
1: which is not to say you're not going to be hungry, you're not going to be thirsty, you're not going to get sick, oh. you know, all, <laughs> you these, will. all these things, yeah. but rooted and grounded, uh, to go back to the song, uh, our opening thing, like when, when we're connected to uh, the water gushing out of the rock, um, when we're connected to the well of Christ's life in us, <laughs> it doesn't come and go,
0: depending on the power of God, not our own. Yep. Attempts.
1: A, it helps us to navigate the inevitable ups and downs uh, with uh, a modicum. I always say modicum of grace because you're allowed to not do it well, you know, uh-huh. but a d- l- little differently. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, not to say it won't be difficult because yeah. probably will be, but. It, it uh, becomes navigable, workable.
0: Yeah, a little like less grasping, a uh-huh. little more able to receive mm-hmm. God's presence in the midst of what's right, totally sideways. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah. I wonder what, because that's the one I have in my head too. Give me this water always. Is that is that King James <laughs> that we
0: have in our heads? Yes, it is. So it's a great line to voice as a prayer. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also to recognize our thirst. Yeah. Like that's that's why the the, say the misdirected pursuit of something to quench our thirst is actually in a certain way good, normal, natural uh, because there's something in us that knows it's made for happiness. Mm We're not meant to just be thirsty, parched souls mm-hmm. in it. And, okay, fine, we look in the wrong place, but that's just the human condition, you know? Yeah. Um, and like this, the spiritual journey, if you wanna use that phrase, is, is really kind of a question of like, recognizing your thirst, recognizing the dry wells to which we trudge, uh, and then seeing if we can turn that around drink uh, from the, the waters of Christ's mm-hmm. presence in and with us right but that's mm-hmm. the thing like where do you get that living water how do you get it how do you access it like that's where the church falls on its face mm-hmm. I mean it's a lot it's, otherwise it's just poetry it's a beautiful story that has lovely lines that we can tell ourselves uh, we can have icons of it which I do But unless we know and practice um, the the basic habits of heart, spiritual disciplines, whatever you want to say, spiritual practices, uh, unless we use those in service of contacting the living water that is at the very ground of our being, um, this remains notional. and nobody's ever entered the kingdom of heaven by having the right ideas between their ears. It
0: just doesn't work. No. You yeah. don't
1: think your way there, right? Yeah. So so what are the... What would you say? Where do we... Where do you get that living water? Okay, well, Jesus, but then...
0: Mm-hmm. But how? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the bucket for that <laughs> well? <laughs> uh, or the staff that hits that yeah, right? rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, spending time in scripture opening to God in silence serving mm-hmm. our neighbor mm-hmm. uh,
1: being fed in Eucharist being
0: yeah. fed in Eucharist corporate worship joining that chorus of praise um mm-hmm. uh, I mean, doing what she does, running to tell our neighbors <laughs> about what we've found. That's that's a way that we receive the water, actually, is by bringing other people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would add to that, too, um, since we're in Lent, you know, like like really going into that desert, that wilderness, that place where our usual ways of distracting ourselves from ourselves. You know, being distracted from distraction by distraction, as uh, TSLA would say. Um, we sort of put that aside. And, um, and in that kind of um, rather barren, featureless uh, desert, Without our usual props. Uh, we see the usual tricks our mind gets mm-hmm. up to, our heart gets up to. This is stupid, it's a waste of time, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing it better than everybody else, I'm doing it worse than everybody. You know, the comparing mind, all this stuff you see. But then once that kind of um, falls away, then it's as if uh, in that winnowing process, in that falling away, we, we start to be able to, to see with, um, with the eyes of the heart, right? Mm-hmm. We start to notice that what we took for absence is actually just a precursor to full-bodied presence. Uh, what we took for lack is actually abundance. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we took for a rock is actually a geyser. You know, all this. Yeah. Uh, so the um, the, the will desert uh, solitude of, uh, of, of Lent, of making a little space, can mm-hmm. be another one of those little mm-hmm. disciplines. Yeah. yeah,
0: a little space. The, the misdirected search to quench our thirst I think it is very often uh, disowning our thirst, uh, not being willing to Mm. be thirsty in need
1: with God. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And Ah. so I'll go. (laughs) So it's it's actually trying to purge
1: thirst to not need anything. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, And so some desert space to realize, oh, I'm thirsty. I mean, Drink An algae of Gatorade after a long hike, you're like, ah, yes, I'm mm-hmm. so thirsty, and this actually satisfies. There's, yeah. uh, to actually tolerate and then welcome uh, our need for God, I think, is a really important part of accessing or opening to uh, springing up everlasting life water.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's that's good. Like it's the Augustine. Restless hearts. Like we just try to appease our restless hearts with, yeah, sex, drugs, rock and roll, possessions. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah.
0: Uh, don't like being restless. We don't
1: like being restless, uh, but actually, our our restlessness for God. Fully embraced and directed Godward.
0: Yes, God's presence. Yes, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sort of turns inside out.
1: Which is, again, just this reminder that we come to God just as we are. Thirsty, needy, hungry, yearning. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, fully embracing and embodying that, give me this water always. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to come here again and again. <sighs> mm-hmm. uh, it's really what we're made for, you know? That is like mm-hmm. Rahner's Carl Rauner, the great Catholic theologian, this whole thing. It's the human being's capacity for God.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you're naturally thirsty for God. Mm-hmm until we drink, uh, until that wine touches our lips, the wafers pressed on our in our hand or meet God in prayer or in the, the faces of the, those we serve, um, we'll remain thirsty, right? So there's mm-hmm. this lovely reminder kind of to to, yeah. to be who you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that restlessness is uh, a guide to us, actually. Mm-hmm. It's, it won't let us rest in the stuff that doesn't work.
1: Yeah. It's a stupid story, but I love it because it had a. I I was just so shocked by it, but in, I think it was 1999, this golfer, David Duval, who battled Tiger Woods at the height of his powers and uh, shot 59 which is a very low Mm -hmm. score Uh, um, he won the British Open and he became number one in the world and he tells this story of um, he was on the airplane flying back It might have been a private jet I think it was flying his own jet back from winning the British Open um, and number one in the world and he sort of like looked around and said, uh, "Is this is this all there is? Like, hmm. I did it, and the yeah. ache, yeah. the restlessness is still there. I mean, he's actually far too intelligent a man and probably generous-hearted to be a professional athlete, but um, but he he kind of like just was went into a, just kind of a tailspin." I mean mm-hmm. the way they explain it, oh he lost his swing but like he you know he, his priorities changed and yeah. he he had this like existential realization that he'd been the thing he'd been working for his whole life the happiness that he thought was promised to him when he did what everybody said he had to do and he
0: yeah
1: uh, it wasn't there
0: it was yeah. just another one of those dry wells mm-hmm. um, chased it and chased it and chased it and made it, it. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing.
1: Just nothing. Yeah. And so he kind of like walked away. Yeah. Got married. His his wife had like two adopted sons. He became uh, he became father to these uh, adopted boys. And just this whole and he lived in Colorado, which is not exactly where you want to live if you're like a playing golf for a living, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But this total shift uh, that I think was just like. A recognition of how dry the well yeah. that he was trudging to every day
0: yeah.
1: of his life until that point uh, actually was, mm-hmm. and it was a, a, a radical turning. Yeah. From that. And I think that happens all the time. In pe- like all, that's a high-profile case, but I think we can recognize that yeah. in our lives, right?
0: I've said this before. I love the. Women at the empty tomb window that mm. we've got in our church here so much. And it's it's split in two. And at the bottom, under the rendi- rendering of these women being <laughs> kind of turned away uh, mm. by the angel, it yeah. says, he is not here on one side, for he is risen on the other. And I really think those are <laughs> two sides of one coin. Mm. Uh, the emptiness of everything we've been chasing. Uh, yeah flips into, is contiguous with, uh, proceeds, and in a way just is uh, the presence of God already gushing up within us. Mm. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to talk about that, but that is (laughs) is, uh, such, such an important image of of the futility of that search and the reality of our hunger and God's desire to meet us already mm-hmm. in, in the search before the search in the emptiness yes
1: to reveal it as actually always yeah. already full yeah yeah because I'm alive <laughs> <laughs> pleroma is the yeah. the fullness of God yeah Be good? I think so. I hear little voices. So Let's goodbye, everyone. God bless. Take care. Yeah, see you next week.
0: All right.